2: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson show across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. You guys, uh, glad to have you with me. And I've gotten a ton of questions from all over the nation about what is this investigation happening down in Georgia. Please, can you give us information? And wasn't there proof of the machines stealing stuff down in Georgia? I need to spend a little bit of time with you guys. There is a grand jury meeting in Georgia. It has become national headlines as the media hopes for a silver bullet uh, to arrest, indict, and throw Trump in jail. Not sure we're going to get there. There are a couple of different pieces and a couple of different things that are happening. They're working in tandem. I want to be able to explain them to you. And first, I have to deal with DeKalb County, Georgia. In DeKalb County, Georgia, there is supposed proof of election machines uh, stealing an election. That's not actually what happened. This all ties together. Follow along with me. It's all become a national story. The conspiracy theorists are, are fixated on this um, stolen election in DeKalb County. Here's what happened in DeKalb County. Uh, that is the county, for those of you outside the Atlanta area, that is immediately to the east of Fulton County, Atlanta. It is the uh, county seat is Decatur, Georgia. It is a far-left progressive county. In DeKalb County, a number of people were running for a uh, race. There were four people in the race. It was in only part of the county. Because of redistricting, a couple of the precincts that should have been in um, in that district were not in and a couple that should not have been were in. So that was one part of the screw-up of this race. But where a lot of people are focusing is a woman uh, who wound up winning the race actually looked like she had lost because she got no votes, including in her own precinct. Even though she voted for herself. What happened? Well, what happened was a massive screw-up at the precinct level. So there were four people in the race. Uh, The third person in the race on the ballot, number three on the ballot position, dropped out. So that left three people in the race. Well, a number of the precincts did not update their ballots. So uh, the number four person was still in the number four slot, but there were now only three people in the race that third person should have been deleted. So when the machines were actually counting the ballots, when the actual machines were counting the ballots, they were looking for three people in the race. So if you were in the number four slot, they didn't count your votes. The machines that count the votes had been updated. The display machines in which you count the when you cast your vote were not. That was it. That's all that happened. It was contained to this particular race in this particular district, in this particular county. Now, what you've got to understand, and this is where people just put a period at the end of the sentence and say, "ah, proof. What you have to understand is the system worked. They caught it. They knew there was a problem. One, uh, the candidate who voted for herself in her own precinct saw that her precinct generated zero votes for her. They knew there was a problem. They also audited the machines, and they realized that there was a problem. All the procedures in place worked to catch the problem. This was not a matter of voter fraud. This was a technical error on machines because they didn't update them in the precincts before election day. They caught the error, and they had to redo the race as a result. So the system actually worked. The system actually found there was an error. The system actually figured out how the error was caused. The system corrected the error, and they held a new vote. If it was actual fraud, if it was actual error, it would have gone on. The woman would have lost. Instead, she won the race. This is only a matter for the conspiracy theorists. Do they say that this is proof of something happening? Yes, there was a problem. But the issue is, did the system catch the problem? Then the system caught the problem. And they redid the race. And they have refined the book now. They make sure that everybody updates those machines on election morning. And that was the problem in a number of precincts. The precinct workers should have updated the machines and they chose not to. Now, how was it fixed? How did they catch it? Well, they counted by hand. Remember, the ballots display the votes. So they were able to hand count the ballots and realize what the error was. And they redid the election because the hand-counted ballots don't actually certify an election. The machines do. When they realized they could not certify the machines because of the discrepancy, they had to redo the election. And it all worked. The whole system worked. The system, as designed, figured out what the error was, and they solved it. So the conspiracy theorists are wrong yet again. They are a bunch of liars, and they are lying to you because they want you to be convinced Donald Trump had the race in Georgia stolen from him when even today, Peter Navarro, the president's economics chief, is admitting Donald Trump lost. It wasn't stolen from him. Everybody's moving on except the bitter clingers. Now, that is a separate issue. A lot of people are tying these things together. It's actually a separate thing from the grand jury. Fannie Willis is the district attorney for Fulton County, Georgia, and into her lap fell the inquiry into Donald Trump. Now, there are two separate things happening. You need to understand there are two separate investigations all being looked at by a special grand jury impaneled to investigate the 2020 election outcome. Uh, a special grand jury cannot indict a special grand jury can make a recommendation for an impaneled grand jury, the regular grand jury to come in and do an indictment. Fannie Willis is a Democrat. She's actually a reformer. She is far better as a DA than the prior DA. The prior DA she ran against, she had worked in his office. That DA was very corrupt. He was out prosecuting police officers, uh, trying to make police officers the bad guys uh, during the riots after George Floyd when really the police were doing their job. He uh, got thrown out of office for corruption and other things. She came in and she's given this. Well, she's also a partisan Democrat. One of the issues is on Donald Trump and did Donald Trump try to exert undue pressure on elected officials to overturn the election? The key here are his conversations with Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State. It appears Donald Trump did pressure Brad Raffensperger to find new votes, to attempt to find new votes. Raffensperger did not. I'm not exactly sure what the crime is here, but you know the way uh, the media works these days is Trump bad, investigation good, go to jail. Uh, the actual law doesn't really matter so much as investigating Donald Trump. I, in all honesty, you've got a lot of Democratic lawyers pulling arguments out of their backside to say, ah, yes, Donald Trump should go to jail for doing this. I don't know that he broke the law. Did he bribe Brad Raffensperger? He certainly threatened Brad Raffensperger. He threatened Raffensburger. That could be criminal liability because he threatened a secretary of state uh to punish him if he did not overthrow the election. That could be. He also went after Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, is having to testify before the grand jury. He's not given a choice. You can't avoid these sorts of things. When the grand jury subpoenas you, you have to go. Even Lindsey Graham from South Carolina couldn't get out of his subpoena. He's got to interview be interviewed about the conversations. And the question in the one track is, did Donald Trump Attempt to threaten or threaten elected officials to overturn election results. Did he threaten them to do this? That could be perceived as a crime for which there would be a trial. The media is really excited about this. So the uh, DA in Georgia, in Fulton County, is investigating this and has been interviewing people who Donald Trump talked to to see if he was making general inquiries or was Donald Trump plotting to overthrow the election? Was Donald Trump bringing uh, legitimate pressure to elected officials uh, so that they might do his bidding for him? Was he engaged in a conspiracy or attempted conspiracy to overthrow the election? There is another issue, though, that they're looking at. A number of Republicans, the, in fact, Republican slate of electors, you know, for the Electoral College, the Democrats and Republicans both put forward a slate, even the Green Party the Libertarians, they put forward a slate of people. And they, those are who you're actually voting for the ballot. Now it used to be in Georgia and they changed it. And I wish they didn't. I wish they would put it back the old way in Georgia, they actually listed the electors, because when you go vote for president, whichever state you're in, it doesn't matter which state you're in, every single state where you go vote, you are not actually voting for the president of the United States. You think you are, but you're not. You are voting for a list of people to go to the electoral college. Those are the people who vote for president. You're voting for a list of people. Nowadays, in most states, you have, for example, in that case, it would be um, uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence as incumbent, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as challenger. And you vote uh, do you want um, Trump Pence or do you want Biden Harris? And you think you're voting for president. What happens is those of you who, the majority in Georgia, it was Biden Harris. Uh, the Secretary of State certifies that uh, the, these candidates' names got the most votes, and so we're going to take the slate of electors from their party that they certified are their electors and summon them to the state capitol, and those people actually cast a vote for President of the United States. Well, what happens is uh, David Schaefer, the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, and a number of other people, including a state senator named Bert Jones— who is now the Republican lieutenant gubernatorial nominee in Georgia. They showed up at the Capitol for a closed-door meeting urged on by some lawyers for the president, uh, claiming that they were going to say they were the actual electors. And if they could get the state or someone in Washington to cast doubt on the slate of Democratic electors, they would stand in place and say, we're the legitimate electors. Now, they weren't because Joe Biden lawfully won the state of Georgia, whether you think so or not. So they were essentially trying to say they were the real electors and Congress should have counted their votes for Donald Trump, not the Democrats votes for Joe Biden. Fannie Willis, the district attorney who is investigating this as well, is holding a fundraiser for Burt Jones's Democratic opponent for lieutenant governor. This is a big no-no. This is a big party foul, and the judge has smacked her for doing so. Uh, The judge in the case in Fulton County has said you can't hold a fundraiser for the political opponent of a man you are investigating, she herself, the dummy that she is in this regard, uh, has discredited her own investigation by showing she's a partisan, by showing she's willing to raise money for someone uh, who is running against someone she's wanting to prosecute. It's stupid. It was a stupid, stupid amateurs decision, and the judge has now taken away her investigation of Burt Jones. Now, the judge is still allowing her to investigate uh, the other supposed fake electors. I got to be honest with you. I don't know what the crime is. I mean, I'm totally fine if the feds want to throw in jail the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia. I would be totally fine if you buried that guy under the jail. The GOP might actually get competent again and not, might not actually start winning races instead of squandering their leads. I mean, the GOP was winning everything until David Schaefer became the chairman of the party and then they started losing everything, including the presidency. And he's been so much more focused on primarying incumbent Republicans than actually fixing the party. I'd be totally fine if they found some way to throw the guy in jail just to keep him out the picture so the GOP can work. But I don't actually think he committed a crime. I don't think any of these people committed crimes. They showed up, they presented themselves as alternate electors if something went awry. What's the charge exactly? Uh, And this is the thing, this is the problem. The press is so broken here, they get Democratic lawyers say, oh yes, they created a crime, They, they, they caused a crime. Congress, you're supposed to transmit the names to Congress. They didn't go to Congress. Congress didn't count their names. I'm not sure how you can claim there was a crime here by these people. You want it to be a crime if you're a Democrat, just like you want Donald Trump to be found guilty of interfering with the election in Georgia. You want to, but your wishes and dreams are not laws and crimes. This has become a waste of taxpayer funds and a political movement. Fannie Willis, the DA, bringing in Brian Kemp. Uh, If the grand jury testimony leaks about him, of course, it's going to be used to try to draw a rift between him and David Perdue voters again. Uh, This whole thing reeks of politics and political ambition. And it started off as a general inquiry, and now it's just become this partisan vendetta by the Democrats and the media. The media is pushing this as hard as the Democrats, and it's really freaking hard to figure out what the truth of the matter is when they're all like, oh, of course they're guilty. They supported Trump. They're guilty. Of what crime? False electors. False electors. Uh, did Congress count them? No. Did the National Archives take him seriously? No. What exactly is the crime? Trump! That's not a crime. That's a political preference you disagree with. There's really not a crime here. The bigger issue is on uh, the pressure Trump brought to bear on elected officials. And even that I'm skeptical of. And I don't think you can get a fair trial either. In Fulton County, if you're Donald Trump, it went 70% for Joe Joe Biden. Uh, I think what this really is, is media wishful thinking. And you may have a bunch of Democrats on a special grand jury say, yes, go after the SOBs. But then they're just as partisan as everybody else. So it's probably time for them to move on, just as it is time for the people who thought the election was stolen to move on. It's time for everybody to stop wasting taxpayer dollars, grow up and move on. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Oh, you know, there's a story. I'm, I'm gonna get to it later. Uh people wondering what why why on earth, how is it um that uh, the these these Republicans, they they just they won't they won't talk to reporters anymore. What's going on here? it's What's happening with Trump and the electors in Georgia is indicative of the issue. It is the situation that these people are broken partisans. We're not actually getting truthfully any sort of uh, real news out of this. It's wishful thinking by the media. There's a lot of speculation by the media. The, The grand juries are meeting behind closed doors. They don't leak. They're not leaking. They're grand juries. But there's a lot of speculation from the press i just have a hard time seeing how you mount a legitimate investigation and by the way if fulton county wants to prosecute donald trump they're going to go bankrupt you really think the state is going to fund them additional money to cover the costs of a massively expensive investigation and actual prosecution of donald trump the finances there would break the county and you're not going to get more money from the state of georgia for it that's just the reality But all these people are so broken in the press. They hate Trump so much. I mean, the man can't get a fair shake. That's partly his fault. But the reality, too, is that they're just so biased against him. They're broken. You're not going to get accurate reporting on this grand jury. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. David, you're going to be up first today. Welcome.
0: Hey, good day, Eric. How are you, sir?
2: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Uh, uh, First of all, uh, I hope your wife outlives you, brother.
2: (laughs) Me too. Thank you.
0: Uh, What I call today about is I listen to your show often, and uh, I just wanted to start off with a little bit of talking about Trump just a little bit and then get into my question. All right. I voted for Trump because he wasn't a politician, and I really care less about Trump's tweets you know, this, that, and the other. I know some other presidents do different things. They have affairs. You know, John Kennedy had many affairs, mm-hmm. and he's the beloved president of the whole world. And But getting back to, you know, I told the call screener what I wanted to ask is, why, why are people complaining now? My wife went the other day to get a loaf of bread or something. She got other groceries at Kroger. A loaf of bread was $4 or something. And she couldn't believe it. And I said, well, why are you complaining? And she's like, well, I just can't believe that it's this high." You knew going in what Joe Biden was. Joe Biden was telling the American people and told a young lady on television, I'm shutting down the oil. There's not going to be any oil. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm doing, going to do this. But yet people are now complaining they've lost their rear ends on their 401Ks because the people who are making fifty and $60,000, what they've made in the last six or eight years on that, they've lost. And what? I'm just trying to ask you, Eric, why? We're getting exactly what we deserve. That's exactly, see, I've outrun this. Me and my family have outrun this, and I'm just sitting back, and I'm just, I'll be honest with you, I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> because I'm looking, Look, I'm um, looking around, and people are paying 5 $6 a gallon, and then the next thing I hear, well, you know, gas prices came down 15 for 15 cents this week. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, so here's that's, the problem. That's all I've No, 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 stick with me here, David. You know, you talk about the the loaf of bread. My kids are going through a couple gallons of milk a week, and it's over $4, $4. $4.27, I think, when I got it the other day at Publix. um, Gas prices are going up. Grocery prices are going up. All of the people who decided they, they didn't want Trump for a variety of reasons, some of them legitimate, some of them not, they really did believe that Biden would bring us back to some level of just, can we have a normal president we don't have to think about every day? And instead, we got a president who every single day says bizarre things like he's got cancer. And, and everybody's like, mm, oh, okay, uh, sure, it's the dementia. I mean, it, it, it's, it's mind-numbing to me that we are in a situation like that. Where, I mean, people really thought they were getting something they perceived as normal. And instead, they've got a dementia patient uh, who's hijacked by progressives. Now, some of you are going to be, be offended by me saying this. I try to give you the news as straight as I possibly can. And I'll tell you what I think. I'm a conservative. I got strong held opinions. But I don't want to think for you. I want to I give you the information. But I am telling you millions of Americans voted for Joe Biden because they had a sense of, we'll go back to normal. They're not really sure what normal was other than not a lot of drama, not a lot of tweets, and they don't have to think about the president every day. They can just go about their lives and not worry about, we're going to get into some sort of nuclear war with Iran. Instead, what they got was a dementia adult patient who announces to the world that he's got cancer. And everybody's like, oh, nope, sorry, that's the dementia. He doesn't really have cancer. And he's hijacked by progressives in his administration who have decided to use Weekend at Bernie's or Weekend at, at Joe's to steer the nation down this absolutely bad crap, crazy path. Where all of your children, if, if you've got a girl, get ready for the, the penal attachment. If you've got a boy, get ready for the, the, the cavity they, they build into. It. It's just absolutely insanity on the left that they think this stuff, that they want this stuff. There's a story the other day. Dave Weigel has returned to the Washington Post after being silenced for a couple of weeks for the audacity of sharing a bad joke on Twitter. And the wokes at the Washington Post suspended him for a couple of weeks because he offended a couple of nut jobs at the Washington Post who couldn't take a joke. And he came back and says Republicans on the campaign trail, they're really telling people that Democrats and progressives hate them. Well, yes, they do. You see it on a daily basis. There is a major story in the media today that the University of Michigan invited a woman to speak on campus who is a highly regarded doctor, but she is pro-life. And the University of Michigan has taken down the video record of the speech because it has inflamed the sensibilities of pro-abortion activists among their student body. And a number of people are attacking the schools saying that no pro-life person should be allowed in medicine. These people really do hate us. And you got people at the Washington Post like, oh, Republicans pretend they hate you. No, no, they really do hate us. They drip with contempt for us. We'll get into it later, but there's a story out, uh, the New York Magazine, why are Republicans not talking to reporters anymore? Republicans say that it's because reporters are just partisan hacks for the Democrats. But another theory is that Republicans are just dumb people. We can't learn anything. And that's basically what the reporter writes. He's not a reporter. He's a propagandist. It took 24 hours. And the New York Times is out with their business reporter saying, actually, you know, we've never really officially used the two quarters negative GDP definition for recession. And it's been revised. And Joe Biden is really right. And it doesn't really look like we're in a recession right now. And so we should have Joe Biden's back. Really? For decades, the media has used the definition of two quarters negative GDP equals a recession. That's the official definition for most countries on Earth, including the United Kingdom. It was never formally adopted by the United States, but it's been embraced by everyone. And now because Joe Biden doesn't want to claim we're in a recession, everyone's like, all right, I guess we're not in a recession. Never mind this longstanding definition. Americans thought with Joe Biden that they would go back to a country where you did not have to think about the president every day. And believe it or not, except for those of us who are deeply partisan in politics, whether it was Obama or Bush or Clinton or Bush or Reagan, you really did not have to think about the president every day. Now, some of you right there, I continue, you're reaching for the keyboard to, no, no, we had to think about the president every day when it was Barack Obama. Yes, because you're a deeply partisan person who cares way more about Washington DC than the problems in your own backyard. Most people don't. Most people actually couldn't care less about Washington DC. The reality is if you're a deeply partisan person who looks forward to going to vote the SOBs out, if you look forward to going to political realities, if you put yard signs in your yard for political candidates, you are not normal. Don't mean it pejoratively, I'm with you. We are the exception. The majority of your fellow Americans and my fellow Americans do not care about this stuff. They don't. They care about their kids' Little League practice. They care about their kids' drama schedule. They care about all sorts of other stuff. They don't care about Washington. They don't care about politics. They don't care about the president. But under Trump, they had to because they were afraid he was going to start World War III with a tweet. And so they thought, you know, Joe Biden, I may not like him. But, man, I'm just just—I'm not going to have to worry about it. We're going to go back to no drama Obama sort of stuff. And now every time they go to the pump, they don't know what the gas price is going to be. The Democrats like, gas has come down 50 cents, ladies and gentlemen. Give us credit. After a year of saying they're not to blame for gas prices, they have no effect on it. They're like, give us credit or else you bigot. <laughs> gas was never above $3 a gallon when Donald Trump was president. They're looking at the sticker on the gas pump with Joe Biden pointing, I did that? Oh, they know he did that. I mean, they've literally gone back from let's go, Brandon, back to F Joe Biden. That's how mad the public is. They go to the grocery store. They're sh- they're scraping by to make ends meet. They're worried about Washington. They're worried about a president who doesn't have the mental capacity to figure out the problems, who's blaming everyone else. You know, Joe Biden is out there now essentially attacking gas companies, again, oil companies. Tell them, do what I want or else. The public does not want to have to think about Washington DC every day. You do, if you are an engaged listener in talk radio and in politics, you think about this stuff, but most Americans are not like you and me. They're not as informed. They're not as up to date. They just want to go get along to get along. They they want to just be left alone. They want to be left alone in their quiet space with their family to enjoy their life. Go to work, come home, and turn on reality TV and not think about anything. And they can't do that right now. Because when they come home, they're having to balance their checkbook in ways they haven't done before to see how much money they're going to have tomorrow to buy gas. So they're blaming Washington and then blaming Washington, they're blaming Joe Biden. And you've got to understand that fundamentally, and this is part of the problem with Donald Trump uh, running again, is he makes it all about himself. And the public rejected Trump because they were tired of having to think about the presidency every day. And they're rejecting Biden now because every time they sit down at night, they can't escape the impacts of his policies, which makes them think about him. They do not want to know the president. You know, there was a time in the public, in public opinion surveys, you would ask the public, what do you think about the president? There was like 5% of Americans didn't even know who the hell it was. Everybody knows you can't escape it now. We've got a dementia adult grandpa hijacked by progressives in his administration trying to make your children get lobotomies and sex change operations without telling you, trying to get you to pay for an abortion or get an abortion or figure out a way to make men pregnant so they can have an abortion, so they sympathize with Planned Parenthood. We got a bunch of wackadoo nut jobs in charge in Washington, D.C., and they are foisting their culture war on you. They're foisting their economic war on you. And then they're saying, it's not our fault. Don't blame us. Well, who the hell else are we going to blame? You run everything in Washington, D.C. The backlash of voters is coming, and this is what they do not understand because all of their friends care about abortion on demand and no one else does. No one else has time to care because they got to check the headlines to see if the president really does have cancer because he just told the entire world he did when he didn't actually have it. He had COVID instead. People are unsettled. They really thought they were going back To calmer times and instead they embolden the left to push us hard to the left as possible and people don't actually like it people don't actually want it people actually want to just be left alone and the left won't leave them or their children alone and the left won't leave the economy alone and there's a backlash coming as a result. And the moral of the story to the GOP is promise them that you will not have to think about the president on a daily basis. Just your life and your family, your work and your friends. And the GOP will probably win. What the Democrats really need is they need like a, a massive metric pile of Eden pure thunderstorms. Just clear the whole air of the country. clean clean it all up and reset but they can't do that. But you can do it in your home. You can go to edenpuredeals.com and you can with the discount code box put in ERIC3 and you can get 3 Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than 300 for less than $200. You're saving $200 and you get free shipping. Now what is it? It's an air purifier. It doesn't just get rid of the dust and the pollen and the mold. It actually eliminates odors. Doesn't mask them. It's not an essential oil. There you, all you have to do is go to edenpuredeals.com, put in ERIC3 as your discount code. You get 3 of these things in the wipeout odors. You can do it like I do. Keep one in case you get a rental car or a hotel room that smells bad from smoke or pet odors or what have you, and it just wipes out those odors. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, no space. You get three of these for less than $200. They're a little bit larger than your hand. You can plug them directly into the wall or use a USB cord, plug it in your car, wipes out the odors, cleans the air, EdenPureDeals.com. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I want to go to the phones. I want to go to Terry next. Welcome to the show, Terry. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: I I love your show and I appreciate you and I'm praying for you and your wife. Uh, Thank you very much. I feel like I got cancer myself.
2: <laughs> appreciate
1: it. it. myself. So Wow. So um, what type,
2: if you mind, my, may I ask him?
1: well uh they found esophageo and i went through some radiation chemo and they was going to do some surgery and then they found a little bit more on on my uh, abdominal wall which they don't know what is so we're just treating it with chemo now so i I don't know (laughs)
2: well best of luck to you man i appreciate you calling
1: um my question is is uh I, i know you know that when the gas prices come down things things might come down a little bit but uh you know, uh, with all of these people now making fifteen dollars plus an hour to do the entry jobs, you know, I, I don't see the economy ever, ever actually coming back down to what it once was, or even close to that. And all of the people, like you know, some of us who, who you know, spend our lives uh, in a in a certain job or something, now we make good money. Now our money's not worth what it once was, and we're going to be wanting more money. I, I don't see. I don't see how they're going to. You know, even if we get a conservative in, I don't see how it's going to come back to. An enormity, and anytime soon.
2: Yeah, you know, this is a real concern economists worry about that inflation has gone up so much. How do you Uh, allow wages to catch up with prices, get people back into the workforce without causing a depression, uh, which would be a real economic, complete economic reset, which we don't want. Um, There are ways to do it in adjusting interest rates and monetary policy. The problem is so much of what we're dealing with is economic theory, not economic practice. And it becomes very hard to get the soft landing the Fed wants. There's a story out the Fed is gonna raise interest rates another 75 basis points or uh, three quarters of a percent. And uh, that's gonna slow the economy down further. Now I will say this though, Uh, our biggest problem as a nation is the one I think we don't appreciate enough. And that is we have fewer and fewer people being born in the country. So our workforce is diminishing unless we bring in immigrants. And how do we bring them in and assimilate them into a country to share our values? Uh, and allow them to become the workforce. There are all sorts of intricate, complicated issues involved in the question you're raising on how do we get this to come back to a thing that you and I would recognize as normal. And some people are saying we can't. Uh, Other people are saying we can, we just don't know how to. The people I don't trust are the ones who think absolutely we can trust us to make it happen. Those are the people who caused the problem to begin with, and I avoid them like the plague. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> But I look, you I mean, you, you got a legitimate concern. I, I was reading an article earlier, and, and, and Terry, best of luck to you on, on your, your fight with cancer. And thank you for calling. Uh, I was reading an article on Peter Thiel, who I'm a little bit skeptical of for a lot of reasons, but he's like, uh, we, we're not really progressing as a society anymore. Uh, the left is talking about progression of rights. The right is talking about progression of the economy. But actually, our beings in society, we are not progressing We are stagnant and we are progressing at distractions to prevent us from realizing we're not progressing. And the thing I come back to is is this quest for energy. With the exception of windmills and solar powers, all of our quest for energy is how to boil water more efficiently. When you think about it, nuclear power, coal power, natural gas, what's it to do? It's to heat water, to generate steam, to spin turbines. Same with hydraulic power. Where are our other sources of generation power other than more efficient ways to boil water? And you start tackling those issues, and maybe we as a society take the next technological leap. Part of me suspects we're on the verge of the next technological leap, and so it just seems like we're stagnant right now as we're waiting for that next scientific discovery that pushes us into the next stage of humanity. We'll see.